0: I bless you, Terry. Choir, praise band, instrumentalist. What a great, great word! It's always appropriate. Praise God's name, isn't it? Good to see you this St. Patty's Day. May the wind always be at your back. I think that's how it goes. There's a long one that goes with that. Bubba knew something about St. Patrick's Day. He thought to himself, "If I get engaged on this day, I'll always remember." And so being the spendthrift that he was, he thought he would go to the jewelry store and buy a really nice engagement ring. Have any of you priced those out lately? Someone did right there. I saw your hand. They're pricey. He got sticker shock and decided uh, he would try one of the little discount department stores that don't sell jewelry. And lo and behold, there in the costume jewelry area was a ring with a cut piece of glass for $17.99. And he thought, she'll not know the difference. I'll buy this. (laughs) Yes, she will. (laughs) That's right. Well, it's Bubba, so he doesn't, you know. He's dumber than a brick. So anyway... He goes, and that night, they go out in his truck. They have a nice meal and drives out to this beautiful park. They get out of the truck holding hands under the starlight, and he proposes and brings out that ring. Well, it's dark out there, and she loves it, and of course she says yes. But Bubba's not the sharpest knife in the bulb drawer, right? Or the brightest bulb in the knife drawer. They get back into the truck, so happy, getting ready to drive to parents' houses. But she notices a piece of paper on the dashboard. What do you think it was? The receipt for the ring. And so she just looks at it and all of a sudden, yes. <laughs> Bubba, you do And for five minutes, she just raking him over the coals. Bubba doesn't even know what to do. He's trying to think of something as she's calling him about every kind of cheapskate and 50 million ways she could do it. But finally she gets through, out of breath, and Bubba fires back. But darling, it was for St. Patrick's Day. I gave you a shamrock. Try and find some of the worst ones that get some reaction. It'll do one thing or the other. Anyway, sham, right? Anyway, today as we do look at St. Patrick's Day, there is a theme we're looking at today, a soul-seeking saint and a God-seeking soul. It has to do with why St. Patrick went to Ireland to begin with. He was held there prisoner for around six years. He escapes, eventually goes back to bring a Christian worldview and, of course, the shamrock teaching the Trinity in, uh, to, these, to a nation that really at that day and time had a nature pagan kind of religion. A nature pagan kind of religion. This is back in the 5th century. We've come a long way since then. Really? So he goes there, he does that. And it's remembered today. today Marx's death, by the way, I believe is what actually March 17th is. But it's remembered all these years later, and there's parades all around the world, the largest one being in New York City. And it's, believe it or not, believe it or not, from that, taking the idea of the holy and true living God to an island, how it got to green beer, I do not know. Right? I do, well, maybe I do know from another life, right? But I guess if you're looking to party, you can find any reason to party, can't you? Right? You can find any reason to do it. So I guess on the heels of what had happened, that he went there for that reason to do that, there's also something that is very important for us to look at today, because I can look at that, and there's a couple of messages there about well, that's pretty hypocritical. We turn something that's referring to the true and living God into kind of a sham, right, for so many people. Anyway, as we go forward in today's message of soul-seeking man and a God-seeking soul, how is God using me, how is God using you to advance the cause of Christ? I want to submit to you today, godly success is a matter of choice, not chance. We have a lot of people that are out there in Christian circles that are waiting for their chance, and it seems to never come. And God is asking for people and looking for people that have already made a choice when they wake up. God, today is yours. I see how that's been made a sham out there that you can throw in Christmas and Easter also, Right? Many days that are misused, a lot of Christian days are misused for something else. There's nothing wrong with having a decent party, nothing wrong with getting together with family and friends, all that's good. But so much of what has started has lost its meaning, including today. And yet, I have to judge myself in light of that and say, what are you doing to advance the cause of Christ? Are you a... godly successful person by choice or do you live by chance whatever today we look in acts 8 26 through 28 at a couple of individuals it starts out let me get out my there we go wait what color is that who said red that's right let me put that away forgot what day it was there we go It's the little things, folks, right? The little Okay. On a day like any other day, the day starts out just like yours did today. Perhaps the alarm went off, perhaps it didn't. Perhaps some of you like me wake up in your natural alarm. I'm still on the old time. so at about 3.40, I'm there with my eyes wide open, right? But on a day like any other day, isn't that how days start now, today started a little unusual. There's something outside called sunshine. That's blessed to have it on a weekend, finally, on a Sunday. Acts 8.26 says, Now the angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Which road, God? There's a coastal one. Did you know that, God? Did you say desert road? Yes, the angel says take the desert road. There were a couple of routes down there, but there's a desert road. The angel of the Lord. Angels are ministering spirits, as the Word of God says in Hebrews 1.14, are not all angels ministering spirits, sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. Sometimes people are waiting for a, a being with wings and flying around, and but the bottom line is angels can take on the appearance of a human. And so the Word of God says some of you have entertained angels unknowingly. And sometimes in the course of life, God may bring an angel my way or your way for some instruction. Sometimes it's just through the Holy Spirit instructing us. See, in the midst of the ordinary, God wants to do the extraordinary. That's what he does. And God can do it in all kinds of ways, can't he? This particular time, we have Philip. He wakes up. It's a regular day like any other day. And now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road. Oh, well, yeah. All right. So he gets on that road. Bring up a map there. Get you some idea where we're looking at. You see, this is a coastal road here. More fertile. A lot better scenery. Right? And this is the... Desert road. You can see how beautiful that is. We looked at some of those photos last week of Midian in that desert area. It looks like the other side of the moon, I guess. But that's the road he wants them to go on. <clears throat> and so you have some idea. You have this gentleman that's come all the way from Ethiopia as a worshiper. He goes to Jerusalem. And God did not. How unfair is God? Bring up that next slide. God did not tell Philip why he was to go. Now, being Western-minded as we are, we have to know why. Why, God, do you want... First of all, God, there's a better road than that. This is not the interstate, God. This is the desert road. It's dry, it's hot, there's no 7-Elevens along the way, I can't... I don't want that road. God didn't tell Philip why he was to go. Why is it in our minds so many times we have to know the why before we go? God says, do it. I may reveal the why to you, and many times he does, but sometimes he doesn't. It's not a matter of me knowing the why. It's a matter of God saying, you go. do I submit again. How is God using me? How is God using you to advance the cause of Christ? Godly success is always a matter of choice, not chance. Don't let why get in the way of your witness. Be faithful. So, Philip had to walk by faith. Okay, I mean, that's that's where I'm supposed to go. That's where I'm going to go. The Word of God tells us our life is a life walking by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We live by faith, not by sight. Recently, in a marathon... That was taking place in Wrightsville Beach. You can look in the uh, Google it or look it up from whatever source you'd like. And in that marathon that was taking place, there was a couple of interesting. There was a lot of interesting runners in, but you can see the runners running. There was one gentleman that was running that juggling. Can you juggle even standing still? He was juggling blindfolded. How crazy is that? How many would like to do that? There you go, we got one. Okay. How many can do that? Now let's see if we have we've got none. Um it, it's and when you see it and you, there's another gentleman who ran the whole marathon backward. He couldn't see what was in front of him. He ran the whole marathon backwards. Right? He's saying, "Pastor, that's nothing. I've spent my whole day going backwards at times, right?" And I just thought, it takes a lot. What what impresses us with that? Well, with the blind, you can't see where you're going. There are times in life that when God calls us to do something, we can't see the end. But what's great is God's already seen it, hasn't He? God's seen it. Not knowing why. We don't have to know why we trust God. That's what God calls us to do. He's our Heavenly Father. And our Heavenly Father knows what's best for us. Period. But it's an unnatural task to walk by faith, not by sight. Watch when I try and walk blindfolded over this speaker. No, I'm not. (laughs) Watch when I go off the stage right here. Well... God does incredible things through followers that are willing to walk by faith. You look in Genesis 12, 1, and sometimes you read about people in the Bible and say, wow, that's really cool. You're looking at a real life, a real story, someone that had flesh and blood, and some incredible, crazy thing happened in their life. wish that could be me. Well, God does have some very specific tasks for certain people. I want you to look here. It says in Genesis 12, 1, And the Lord said to Abram, Leave your country. And we have some people willing on this earth to leave their country, right? Go overseas to different places. Your people and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. How does that sound like a walk of faith? Leave all the people you know. Leave your house. Leave your memories. Leave your family. Leave your friends. Leave the, the farm, the trees, the everything you have Leave it and go to a place I will show you. That's in the future. Well, where is it? God, do you have a brochure on it? Let's see if I like that place. And it's hundreds and hundreds of miles away. I wonder, I wonder what would have happened in Abram's life if he decided, you know, God, that's asking an awful lot. I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to do right here. I'm not going to... God, I I know everyone here. I like it here. It's comfortable here. And I already have all these blessings, so I don't need to go. What could be better than this? We know about Abraham... Because he did listen to God, he took a walk by faith, he went, he didn't even know where he's going. God said, I'm going to show you, he becomes the father of many nations. One of the most crazy, incredible miracle happens. He and Sarah have a child when they're both physically impossible to have children. And brings forth the nation Israel, and today we're a child, well we're a son of Abraham by faith. Do you think, think about it, do you think... We'd be talking about Abram today if he had not gone to where he couldn't see. I doubt it. Other than maybe a footnote. And God asked Abram and told him to go there. And Abram gave a hundred excuses and God used someone else. I bet there's a lot of people filling in for others today that miss it. Because they don't want to go where God said to go and God will raise up someone else. It's me, it's you. We miss the blessing. That's what happens in our lives. We miss it. And so we have on this particular day this incredible story that we find with Philip and another gentleman. Bring up the next slide. Thank you. God is not limited in the amount of ways that he can guide believers. He's used a cloud, a pillar of fire. He's used prophets. He's used people. He's used angels. He can use all kinds of things to guide believers people. I think there are times in life we forget that, that we think these are stories found in the Bible and it's cool and it's nice, but God has run out of stuff to do. He's not original anymore. God is original in your life and he may want to do some crazy thing, but like others, we don't want to go to a place we don't know what's going to happen God wants us out of our comfort zone, can He, so we can totally have faith in Him. It's in the place when we're in a comfort zone, we can depend on ourselves. Out of our comfort zone, wow. You have to have some real dependence on God, don't you? God, get me out of this workplace, I'm surrounded with unbelievers, says one person. Another person says, God, thank you for surrounding me with unbelievers as hard as this is. I know, I'm gonna make a choice for you to work through me. And God, I'll trust you for that. Period. Well, we can make a lot of excuses up, can't we? God isn't living the way He can guide believers. And there's people out there that are seeking after God today, looking for someone that is real, looking for someone that has a conviction that it's real. I see crazy people speaking with conviction about all kinds of crazy ideas. And on such a day like this, when someone went... Having been in prison there for six years, ends up going back and shares about the Trinitarian belief in Father, Son, and Spirit. One God revealed in Father, Son, and Spirit. It's turned into something of a sham. But I submit to you today, there are many people that when asked the question, what is God doing through you to advance the cause of Christ? Where do we fall? Godly success is always a choice, not a chance. So what do we have? Look at the passage that God tells us about. Anyone can honestly that honestly believes God and earnestly seeks him will find him. Hebrews 11:6 tells us that without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe he exists. That's a duh. Now, Let me say not a duh in our world anymore because they a priori have counted out the existence of God. So we already know how God, uh, our God is some other kind of a process. We believe in in an intelligent God, a holy God, an omniscient God, an omnipotent God, put it together. So you have one worldview or the other. And you can find some comfort. You want to say, well, I don't think there is a God. I think it just kind of happened. There's a lot of explaining you have to do. Now, You must believe He exists, and He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. What does He reward us with? What will He reward someone with? May I submit to you the truth? Because when it all boils down, distills down to its finest essence, as Terry highlighted a few moments ago, there were two people that had services in here last week. Both stopped breathing on earth. And the one thing every single person in this room has in common no matter where you're from, what age you are, one day you and I will also stop breathing on this earth. Period. And we can have a celebration of life service because no one was coming up. None of the kids wrote anything. None of the people out in the congregation that could share something said, Wow, he had this and that or we able to do that. We talked about some of the successes of life connected to relationships, connected to holy and rightful things. But when that question is asked, well, how much did he leave? It's the same answer for everyone. All of it. Same answer. So what do we do as believers? What does God call us to as a legacy from our lives? What are we leaving on this earth, you see? What has God done through me and through you to advance the cause of Christ? I submit to you that the people that were here this week, hundreds of them, to be there and celebrate a person's life its the eternal things. It's where they have gone to, to miss status, to miss everything. And so God will find people. He will bring people the truth because the truth sets people free. And if our world's clamoring for something, it's clamoring for, For some kind of a reason to be free. We're arguing philosophically, politically over which way that is, how that works. But really, freedom is between your ears, is it not? There are people in the freest places in the world with all the money in the world, but are not free. There are people dependent on all kinds of things for their happiness. For their welfare. You see, truth sets us free. And Jesus Christ sets us free. To advance his cause. And Jesus Christ talks about four different kinds of soils. I submit to you today. Three of the soils were not good soil. In fact, two of them look like the people were believers. One gets choked out because it was on Rocky ground, didn't penetrate into the heart. Another one gets choked out by the cares of the world. There are people sitting in congregations across our world today in Christian churches that will one day break down the doors of hell. That's right, because Jesus said, many, many will come in that last day in Matthew 7, 21, and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these miraculous things in your name? Dot, dot, dot. He says, depart from me. I never knew you. No fruit on the vine. Attendance isn't fruit if that's all it is. If someone's occupying a chair, what kind of fruit is that? God's looking for people who are advancing the cause of Christ. Corporate worship is a part of that. But it's not the whole thing. It's a part of it. And so we have on this day an incredible story. We look at it and see what's taking place in it. We have a guy who wakes up on an ordinary day. An angel comes to him and says, you need to get on this road. Who do you think sent the angel? God. So he started out. So he started out. Note, you do not see neglect. You don't see excuses. You don't see there's a better way. It says he started out. And on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official, in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. Can you think of a more unbelievable meeting? This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Think he's pretty sincere? Now, mind you, sincerity doesn't equate truth. But many times we can look at sincerity of someone to see if they are dealing with truthfulness in their own life. And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. Wow. Think about how far this person came. Bring up that map. It's pretty crazy. He starts out way up here and goes hundreds and hundreds of miles by chariot. Now I can imagine, you know some of the suspensions now, computer-operated suspensions, you're riding along, It just. I can't imagine a chariot all that way. Can you? Pretty bumpy ride, but you can see how far that is. And this is a pretty, pretty powerful person. This person's in charge of a lot of money. He's the treasurer. He's connected to important people. But he's there worshiping, which means that someone had to give him off that much time to go do that, didn't they? So he decides he's going to make that big trip. And he does. But God hurt his heart, didn't he? God saw that man, and God heard his heart. And dear friend, you may be here today, you may be listening on a simulcast, and God hears your heart too. He says that when you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. Not seeking a God, not a pagan type of thing, not nature, but the creator God. When you seek the God of the Bible, pastor, that's really narrow. Well, let me just say this to you. The Bible is narrow narrow is good. Why is it good? Because broad and wide are the gates to hell, is the path to destruction, Jesus said. I know that's not politically correct, but it's true. Because in our world today, it's okay to affirm any worldview as truth. Now, as believers, we affirm people. I have friends that are not believers, atheists, some agnostics, some in other religions, some with differing ideas about relationships and life. We could affirm the person, but dear friend, we are not their friend if we affirm a worldview or idea other than the worldview that we know is Jesus Christ. And sometimes that will be offensive. But God's working. And when God allows us to open our mouths up and speak the truth in love, Great things will happen because that's what our God does. And so we have this thing, this dynamic taking place today. And God is willing. If you think you love people, and I pray to God you do, God will do whatever is necessary, whatever is necessary to lead and guide believers. He will do it. And there are many times when I've thought to myself, why did I miss that other light? Why did that branch of this bank close? Why did that not have that at that store? And God has taught me to rethink that. Maybe I'm sending you to another place. Maybe I'm sending another Maybe there's someone there. And so he's taught me, mostly through failure, keep your eyes open. There may be some opportunity out there. Look for it. So we have Philip, a soul-seeking saint, meeting someone else. Who does he meet? He's going to meet someone else on the road. It's crazy. It said the man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in a chair reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. Do you think this guy thought that God was going to send someone to him at this moment? He's in there, he's in a chair, he's reading this. Philip wakes up, it's an ordinary day, but no day is ordinary if God is in the day because he may do some extraordinary things beyond what we can think. And even when we don't see it, God's still doing it. It says in Proverbs 2, 3 through 5, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. This man is so impassioned about finding truth, seeing God, knowing God, that in his chariot, he's not going over the books for the kingdom. He's reading in the book of Isaiah. Pretty crazy, isn't it? So we have a soul-seeking saint, and we have a God-seeking soul, and there's many God-seeking souls in our world. Don't miss the opportunity to see that. And be the one that brings the truth. And don't let an initial no or something else scare you away. So here we have this beautiful, beautiful example of what God wants to do. And Philip found, well, he finds a worshiper, a reader of Scripture. The Word of God says, these are Jesus' words in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled they'll be filled with truth. They will be filled. They will find that and they will rejoice in it. Aren't you glad for the day you found Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and your Savior? We rejoice in that. We have a a new vision, a new idea. But we have to be careful we don't lose vision. You can stand before the place you work out and see all the people. You can stand in a stadium or a big coliseum. There's been lots... I think there's been basketball games this last week. Have you seen any? Yeah. And you can look at the crowd and what do you see? Well, I see people from this school on this side and people from the other school on this side. What do you see? I see the colors of that school on that side and the color of school on this side. Well, what do you see? Well, I see vendors going back and forth selling... Eight dollar drink of water and a twelve dollar hot dog, whatever. What do you see? What do you see? What did Jesus see? Jesus saw people that would either be going to heaven or hell. You see, you can distill you can make whatever fine point say it with less less, I don't know, truth in it, I guess. When you look at the Coliseum, at the stadium, at the workout place, in your class, in your school, university, what do you see? There are people bound for eternity. It's unbelievable, isn't it? But there are many God-seeking souls out there. God wants us to look and be broken for them. God found a way to send an angel to someone, send him on some desert road out there to go witness to this man because this man was looking for truth. And ironically, you know what's crazy to me? He's not leaving from some pagan place of sorts. He went to go worship in Jerusalem. Not one religious leader, not one Pharisee, not one Sadducee, not one devout priest, not one Jew who knew the Scripture told them this is talking about Jesus Christ. This is talking about the Messiah. This is the way to heaven. You see, the sacrificial system leads us to know there had to be a sacrifice for sin, and God's going to send a Messiah. Nobody in a religious place, as far as we know, told him about something, what it's all about. And he's still seeking. God help us. What is God doing? And using me, using you to advance the the course of Christ. God is success. It's a choice, not a chance. Because when you wait on chance, when you look, what I have found, what I've experienced is that waiting on chance, and God will bring some things our way, waiting on chance is waiting in disobedience, is waiting with excuses. But when you wake up with the choice and say, God, I want to be used today to advance your kingdom, that does give eyes to look at that group of people and say, wow, these they're all bound for eternity. Jesus looked at them and said, these are people bound for heaven or hell. No one has to go to hell. That's why I'm here. He said, look at those fields. They're ripe unto harvest. They're rotting. And day after day, hour after hour, people leave this earth. So he finds this worshiper, this Ethiopian. And what did God do this day? It's crazy good, isn't it? By the way, there's a lot of truth that comes out of this, isn't there? God takes... A Jewish Christian. That sounds like an oxymoron in our world, doesn't it? A Jewish Christian? How could a Jew believe in Jesus? Well, wait a minute. Jesus was Jewish. I loved it, and I've told this before. When we were giving out bags of ice and food down in Big Pine Key in South Florida when that hurricane leveled an island. A sweet Jewish woman was waiting in that line they had up there, uh, North Carolina Baptist Relief, and dot, and people were coming out line. He said, can I get some ice and food? I'm a Jew. I just got, I got inside of her window and just looked at it in her face and said, so is Jesus. <laughs> and she just laughed. I had a, I said, here, this talks about him. Take this. We had hundreds of people lined up down the street, gave her the food, and went there. She went on her way. So is Jesus. See, the Word of God is so good. God doesn't show favoritism. Romans 2.11. And so, to be an effective witness, God wants me and you to be colorblind, first of all. See what he did? A Jewish Christian and an African dignitary. Who else would have designed it? What a great... in, in, In a very little part of Scripture, we see a great thing. We're to be colorblind and cultureblind when it comes to the gospel. Period. That's why believers are the best citizens on the face of the earth. Real believers. Because we know that there's one race called people, and God loves all people. Amen? I've got inside me green Irish bag here a football. And this particular one is well over 100 years old. It doesn't even look like today's football, does it? It's it's crazy looking, isn't it? But I've wondered, I have wondered, well, let me ask, how many of you have ever been in a locker room, for a pep talk from your coach. Wow. Right? They get you going, and you know, Jared Teller, you could mess up a shipwreck. I told you, da, 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 da. whatever it is. And you're in there for that pep talk, and I wonder how many hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions of pep talks, maybe you've given a pep talk. I wonder how many have ever been given over the course of history. There was one such pep talk, a man by the name of Bill McCartney. Some of you may have heard of him. He was the coach for the Colorado Buffaloes. His first year, he had, I think they won one game, I believe, if that's correct. Bill McCartney was a wonderful and is a wonderful, dedicated Christian. And in 1990, he was the one, his team that was, Colorado was kind of like, I don't know if there's a team in the ACC that keeps losing. There was that team. They weren't winning in their division, their Big 8 division. But he led them to three division championships and a co-national championship in 1990. And so he kind of put it on the map back then. Attributed his success to the Lord Jesus Christ in his life and his way he looked at life. Well, it's told in Sports Spectrum magazine in the 90s, about Bill McCartney bringing in this very high-powered, nationally known preacher to speak to his players before a game. And this preacher came in, article says, and for 30 minutes he gave this dynamic speech to them, exhorted these young men to reach beyond themselves and to unite for victory on the football field. As the story is told, when he finished, he sat down next to Bill McCartney and said, Coach, what do you think? And I wrote down the quote that McCartney said to that pastor, that pastor who believed in Christ, but really would beg the question, what was he doing to advance the cause of Christ? And here's what Bill McCartney said to him. You know, all you seem to care about is whether or not they win, they win a football game. All I care about is whether or not they know Jesus Christ. Then he said, we should trade places. What do you care about? How is God using you to advance the cause of Jesus Christ? As pastors come forward today, we see what's happened to certain holidays. We can look at it and mock it. But I have to look at myself and say, what are you doing? You think that's a sham. What about you? You declare it and you know the truth. What are you doing? You have to ask yourself the same question if you're a professed believer in Jesus Christ. Now, the great news today, you may have woken up today and so focused on something you didn't even think about the question, God, I want to make a choice today to advance your kingdom for you to work through me. If you would like to pray a prayer of strength with one of these pastors, Kirk Dean's at the end, come all the way through, the, pray with someone, grab a hand of someone else, pray with them. God, them, God, I need God's help, but I want to do that. I want to wake up. With a choice in my mind, whether I'm in my class at my university, my high school, if I'm in the workplace, I'm going to stop praying the wrong thing. God, get me, surround me, move me near Christians. How about, God, let me be a witness where I am. Let me see some crazy good thing. You see, the more impossible it looks, the bigger the miracle. I wonder how many miracles people have missed because they just didn't believe. Didn't want to step out in some places where it required faith. And trust me, I know in your high schools and your universities that it looks, it looks hopeless, except for God doing a God sized miracle. It may look like that in your workplace, may look like that in your family. But God says, believe me, make a choice to advance the cause of Christ and look for some miraculous way. And sometimes it's in that still small voice God will call you. Just step into that place. If you're looking for a church home, we'd love for you to come as a candidate for membership today. We'll have new member classes starting next month. And today, if you don't know about the God I'm speaking about, because it may sound arrogant to you that said there's only through Christ and that's the only book and the road is narrow, I speak to you in truth God is narrow. God doesn't have to flip flop. God is who He is, and He's given us His way, His precepts, His principles in a book that has the historicity, the authenticity, the prophecy to back up the truth of it. And it's the only book that gives a risen Savior, someone that loved you and loved me, died on the cross for our sins, rose three days later from the tomb and offers eternal life as a gift. You receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, the only one that can save you. Then, when I talk to you about the benefits of salvation, there is a cost. It comes, you receive it freely, you pay nothing for salvation. But Jesus Christ said, when it falls on good soil, it produces fruit. That comes because you also must repent of your sins, You deny yourself, pick up a cross, and follow Him out of obedience and love. Receive the gift, then let fruit go from your life. Part of that fruit is being a witness. So all of us can ask ourselves, how has God used me to advance the cause of Christ? If there's something on your heart today, no matter what it is, you can pray alone or pray with one of our pastors. I'm going to ask you to stand now. Terry's here to lead us. Please don't wait. Walking around this wall